Welcome to your digital reputation. Here's your host, Roger Christie. Hello, and thanks for joining us. My name's Roger Christie, founder of digital reputation advisory firm, Propel. And today we're asking, what's the value of getting your executive team online? Yes, not just the one leader, but the whole executive, a digital coalition, because there's great risk with taking a one leader approach to social media. And if you talk to any leader, they'll tell you the personal challenge of being the sole mouthpiece for the whole organization and how hard it is to talk to every issue and audience online, particularly those they're not best placed to discuss. And if you talk to any board, they'll tell you the risks involved in having the one digital hero and how key person risk creates as much of a succession nightmare online as it does offline. This is an episode you simply can't miss because I'm thrilled to be joined by Kim Crow Anderson, who heads up Telstra's product and technology group and is also accountable for accelerating the organization's digital leadership. I'd love to start by going back to where it all began for you and, and your own online journey, Kim. So when did you first get active on social media and why? Right, that, that's many years ago, but uh, I would say that it was probably curiosity. I felt it was it was an interesting space where I could learn more faster and I could really engage the entire globe even though back then I was living in my home country Denmark I could really keep on top of what's going on globally also trends and innovation etc because then over time it really changed and I saw the opportunity for me to start uh, creating a digital profile for myself but also for the organization I was a part of and I think to keep embracing innovation, that's something that is super important, not only for the customers that can see that they engage with an innovative company, but also for your partners, ecosystems, etc. you're a part of. And I think what we sometimes underestimate is how important it is for our own employees. It's super important for them to be proud of the organization they belong to. And they are sometimes tagged in my post on LinkedIn. They are sometimes tagging me and they can use me as a tool again to to get more focus on what they are dealing with every day inside Telstra. So for me, it's really become a way to engage with the communities that the whole ecosystem Telstra and, and we are part of. I love that. And that word you used, ecosystem, that that's almost like the best visual that I can see coming out of those early words there, Kim, is this idea of you are working in unison. There's this collaborative and coordinated effort there where you're working hand in hand online as much as you are offline. And and that idea of an ecosystem, I think, is one that's often lost. We do go into social media with a me mindset versus a we mindset. But as you say, you're tagging staff, you're tagging partners, they're doing the same and you're working together. It's a really nice aligned and constructive mindset. Yeah, and to be, to be honest, uh, Roger, it's not only going for online, it's not only going for social. I see that more and more become a prerequisite for us to to be in a growing ecosystem. I think it's a part of a growth mindset, to be honest, that we have that ability to work together, that the starting point is that we grow the pie together instead of competing, competing, competing. And I think that's a change to most companies because that's not how we have operated in the past. And it's definitely also a change to the way Telco and also Telstra have operated in the past, that we work in ecosystem. Everything is about collaboration. Interestingly enough, coming back from Mobile World Congress, which is one of the biggest telco events globally in Barcelona. And it was so interesting to see how much was all about ecosystem and collaboration. 
if I compare to the last 10, 15, 20 years, I've been a part of this industry to really work in ecosystem and work together to create solution that solve real problems for the customers. That's really a change. And I think social is a very good way to show that culture and walk the talk. As you mentioned, tech colleagues, tech partners, when you actually post some of the initiatives you are doing uh, out with our customers. And, you know, when you do it, it's also open up for you employees doing it and you brought the leadership doing it. And it's also a way to not take all the responsibility yourself and all the proud yourself. It's actually a way to share some of the wins together with your team, but also together with your colleagues. So again, it is really about collaboration. It's really about sharing these wins. It's such a good explanation of the benefits. I wonder if, as you were describing your origin story with social media, that willingness to be curious and, and that willingness to collaborate and, and absorb what others are doing, I wonder how much of that is reflected in who and where you are today and that being a driver to get you there versus that being something that, you know, as I said, these, these, are, these are philosophical questions, of course. The things that we like to get into are quite meaty here on the Your Digital Reputation podcast. No, but I think there's something about it. I, I have always said when people ask me, what is your advice to my career? And I have always curiosity and keep learning. That's, that's really what is important uh, to be successful as I see it. And then I've never said no to a challenge. I have always just taken the challenge, not because I want the challenge, but because I want to accelerate and maximize my learning. The nature of digital gives you that ability to learn fast. And it's also taking away country boundaries. And you, you can really work globally and you can really get knowledge from all over the world in a global platform like LinkedIn, for instance. So I think it really gives you the opportunity to accelerate learning. And if you accelerate learning, normally you will also accelerate your career. So for me, there is probably something true about about what you're just elaborating on there, Roger. And social media is the best way to do all those sorts of things at scale. And I just think that's the that's the opportunity here. You can access, as you're talking about there, that global marketplace of ideas and of relationships. And it's such a powerful mechanism, both for the individual, but as we're saying here, the organization as well. Now, Kim, you just talked about you've never turned down a challenge and, and that kind of mindset. Well, I want to go back to the start of 2020, because if my maths is relatively right, I'm pretty sure you joined Telstra as a group executive just as the COVID pandemic was spreading. Is that about right? Yeah, no, Australia really showed me all uh, what, what challenges is all about because I joined in January and that, if you remember, that was actually just in the end of the bushfire and then we have the flood and then we have COVID hitting. So I felt when we have the COVID was ending and the flood was back now, then somehow the circle was done and I hopefully can now be in Australia in a little, under a little bit more normal circumstances. But joke, joke aside, I think in a period like that, where you are in lockdown, etc., and you're joining a new company, new colleagues, having lots of employees that you have never met, digital and social just become so much more important, right? Because you want the team to somehow relate to you and the vision you come with and the strategy you try to execute on. And when you don't have that ability to stand in front of them, meet them every day, then to have that regular communication with them so they can start feel that they know you and know the vision you bring to the company etc without social both the external linkedin where most of the employees also follow us executive but also the intern comps the digital tools we have internally with Yammer and teams etc 
I don't know how I have coped with this situation to go into a role like this that have a lot of accountability across the company without having that ability to communicate on a daily basis and really create that intimate a relationship with your employees and your management team, etc. So it's not only the social and the external part, it's, it's also the intern comes where just digital communication just becomes such an important part. And of course, COVID accelerated that not only inside Tesla, but across most companies and not only companies, that would be schools, that would be educations, that would be the whole society, right? It It is just accelerated dramatically. And of course, that's something that we look at with a lot of accountability inside Telstra because we are somehow the enabler of that opportunity to communicate like that. And and that's just bring connectivity much higher into the value chain of importance uh, because now we are relying on, on these kind of communication opportunities um, to a lot much larger degree and therefore importance just becomes so critical. I love that idea of connectivity and I love that idea of intimacy as you talked about and that's something that we talk about on this podcast this concept of intimacy at scale and how digital platforms allow you to do that we had um, Mike Kaiser who's a director general within Queensland government on this show recently and he was talking about that he's not going to meet every single person in his department and he's certainly not going to meet everyone across the whole the broader hallways of Queensland government But what digital allows him to do is to share bits about himself, as you were describing there, that ability to connect with teams and with partners and with with peers. It allows him to do that in a way that he otherwise couldn't. And so people do walk up to him in the coffee line and, and have a chat about something that he shared because they feel they understand more about him as a human being. Is this the experience that you're sharing too in terms of not having that formal face to face? I'm getting to know you because we come out of bushfires and into a pandemic lockdown. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And definitely use that internally but it's actually interesting again coming back from that big event with approximately 100,000 participants in Barcelona and when you are active on LinkedIn there's people coming up to you and they feel they know you <laughs> and it can actually be a little bit embarrassing because they have seen you post and I, I try to do my best to post in a way that that somehow come from my heart and um, and then people come up to you and then they talk to you as, as they know you and uh, that's actually interesting when that digital world meet the physical world but i think it's so important uh, how you communicate because uh, to be transparent when i started on linkedin i was mostly just sharing l- links and articles that i f- found was interesting and that was of course also part of where i was on my career journey but now it's important for me that i not share random stuff because uh, th- then i think i actually then the interest go away it's important that it's something that I feel is important. That's something that is impactful for either Telstra, for our customers, for the communities we are part of, or for me personally. So it's very important that you're active part of how you distribute uh, knowledge and share insight on LinkedIn. And for me, it's important that it's something I can associate myself with, something that is very important for me, for the part of the organization I'm a part of, but also for the broader community. So I try to really be across and ensure that people can recognize it's keep posting and not just a random person sharing something. I think that's some of the risk on social when you start potentially combine LinkedIn with some of Microsoft or products that's chat GPT, right? I'm all for using technology. That's a part of my job. And I think there's a lot of opportunities with, with AI uh, capabilities like that, but it's super important. We ensure that personal storytelling as well, because 
in the end of the day, it is you that communicate. And I think you need to take that very serious because otherwise you'll, in, you'll lose impact over time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Digital Reputation, where we share the best advice and examples of leaders getting it right online. But did you know just 6% of ASX 200 CEOs are meeting the social media standard? That means a whopping 94% of our most senior executives aren't harnessing their digital reputation. It's a worrying stat, but don't worry, there's also plenty of upside. We capture it all in Propel's Digital Reputation Report, showcasing how our top 200 leaders use LinkedIn. Stats, examples, and insights to help you start valuable conversations about executive use of social media in your organization. If you'd like a copy, simply head to propelgroup.com.au and click the report link. And remember, our mission is to see good leadership amplified. So if you need a digital reputation audit, masterclass, or one-on-one coaching for executives, please drop me, Roger Christie, a note via LinkedIn. Okay, back to this episode. Now, you're sharing some really interesting insights there around your own personal experience and your journey. And I know that the topic of today's conversation is around your role in that team environment and that executive team. And I should also say, for full transparency for anyone listening, Propel does not work with you or with Telstra, uh, but I do consider your efforts as an executive team to be best practice in this market. In fact, if you look at our recent ASX report, your CEO and executive colleague, Vicky Brady, she was the most engaging leader overall and actually generated seven times more engagement per post than the average effective and, and active leader. So that's quite a result. What I admire about your efforts as a business and your executive team is that it extends beyond the brand. It extends beyond Vicky. The fact that you are yourself and your executive peers all active and the fact that the broader workforce are also all quite active online. So look, I appreciate you can only speak from your own experience or perspective, but how do you divide and conquer? How have you worked out what patch Kim owns and what Kim does with your own authentic voice? First of all, uh, no, I'm not talk on behalf of our comms team or Vicky, but our comms team very good and they're also good at advising us not only with what have relevance but also simply how to use uh, digital medias in the best possible way so we have a very good comms team uh, that take this very serious and then I would say Vicky is just cool and if you look at the way Vicky posts back to the points from before it's really things that matter for her and not only what matter for Telstra. So if you look at some of the posts that got probably most uh, viewers, said that's really where she go deep as well and tell about which kind of advice as a CEO she have got. It's again, it's all about being personal and authentic. And Vicky is just master of that. And she really stand behind herself as a person and a CEO and also a female CEO of Telstra, which is just something that is a role model for the entire Telstra and for my three girls, I have three girls back home. So I remember when I told them that Vicky would become CEO, if, is that cool, the first female CEO of Telstra? And they were just saying, hey, why is that a big deal? That should be that should be normal. And that's just show where we are. And I think that's also how Vicky have been, gone into this role. It's just a natural next step. So I think she's very good at being authentic. And I think that's why she's uh, having so much audience at, the, at social. But to the broader questions, how we do that, it's not that we have 
clear boundaries where we can be as executive. We have a very diverse uh, leadership team inside Telstein. We have different areas of interest where we really are caring as, as individuals, but then of course we have different roles as well. If you take uh, my own role, that's really about our tech, it's really about innovation, it's about our products, and of course, how these products can impact both societies, but also our customers. So that's my starting point. Then uh, I I have a heritage from Europe. I have uh, a heritage as a, as a farmer and also as a soldier. So that's where there's natural interest for me. Then I link that back to what Telstra is doing. And to be honest, it's it's also easy to be an executive in Telstra because Telstra impacts such a big part of the society. We have so many very skilled and innovative people that do amazing stuff. We touch so many different parts of the society as well. So again, it's not difficult to be inspired to share stuff. There is so many things to take from. But for me, my job is really my hobby and I, I am deeply engaged into it because I, I feel technology is such an important part of the future and also changing some of the things that is not good enough today, like climate, like diversity, as we have talked about. We have talked about other things as well. I think technology not just need to be a part of that and uh, and to bring that message and help bring the best technology to Australia and to our customers. That I see that as a deep part of my accountability. So when we talk about partnership with Microsoft, AWS, and Google, and all the big technology companies in the in the world. I see that's my role to always ensure that here in Australia, we have access to the best possible technology. And again, LinkedIn is a good, it's a good platform to ensure some of these relationships are stimulated so we can ensure that it's happening. Of course, it, it's also a way to attract the right talent. We have a lot of talent inside Telstra and uh, it's a way for them to feel proud. And if you have some of that organizational self-confidence, uh, then you can actually do amazing things. And I think that's such an important part of becoming or being a change maker that you can, you have that confidence that we can bring something special here. And when people inside, they feel that, then they also become promoters. And in the end of the day, then you can also access talent that you probably couldn't access without having that profile on LinkedIn and our socials. And I just have the two two examples from the last year where I have attracted two female executives into my team, Amy Wadenhall and, and, and Angela, and they were both coming back from Europe. And to be honest, my social profile and Tesla's social profile on LinkedIn was a part of that. They feel inspired by that uh, that profile and, and, and what we are doing inside Telstra. So for me, it has hardcore business impact that we are active because we can attract better talent than we could in the past. And if you have the right talent, then you can do bigger things. So for me, it's not it's not for fun. It's actually because it 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 do it different for Telstra, for our employees, and also for the community we are part of. As you're describing the benefits, the things that you're doing, the fact that you feel obviously empowered to do this, but you're setting an example for others to equally feel empowered, other staff, that that's working as a talent magnet. I can hear through your voice the energy and the enthusiasm for sharing your own unique story and perspective on this stuff. And that is the power that comes through from having people equipped and able to tell their own story rather than share a homogenized version of the corporate brand and values. You're talking about your three daughters. You're talking about your experience on a farm back in Denmark. You're talking about these things in a way that only Kim could. 
and in a way that your executive peers can't. But the point is that everyone has their own story and should feel able to share that story because it will resonate with others. And digital is a way to then get that access and scale. Yeah, I agree, Roger. And I would just like to also emphasize another, it's actually not a company, but if you look at the whole agriculture industry in Australia and, and look how engaged they are now on LinkedIn, and that's across that industry from Fiona Simpson, the president of NFF, she's posting, but it's also startup scale-ups. It's the whole innovation ecosystem that is, is doing there. And if you look there, they're very good at actually tagging each other across the industry. So I would say the agriculture in Australia, they have really managed to to create a profile there where people can use it to share and be curious. So for me, that's one of my favorite ecosystems to be a part of. That's the, that's the agriculture here in Australia. And so then, then, Kim, taking that, I suppose, and again, mixing that with what you were saying before around this idea of curiosity and keeping on learning and, and inspiring you and helping you stay ahead and all these sorts of themes that I'm hearing coming through this conversation, it's a reality that a lot of organizations still have that digital hero, the one voice, one official authority who will speak on behalf of the whole organization on LinkedIn and let's make sure every message goes out through them. What what message would you say or perhaps what encouragements would you say to executive teams sitting out there who are relying on one person rather than a mix of voices? What encouragements would you say to them to perhaps look at this differently? I think that that is some of the concern. If we are investing into our executive, they're creating a profile on social. Isn't we also making them more attractive as a recruitment target? And probably. But hey, the opposite of that is just so super cool because these all these heroes you're creating inside the company, they somehow become the voice of the company and you can attract so much more talent than the one or two you will lose on that journey. So I think, again, it's about the growth mindset, not protecting yourself, but actually attacking and go out there and create growth. If you look at my own team, I have 10 plus in my direct reports. For me, it's a prerequisite for them to be on social. I don't accept they are not there because I need them to create their profile so they can attract talent to their team. They cannot rely on me. They need to create, they need to be the executives that people they want to work for. So instead of, I will turn it around and make it as a part of a job description for every executive, but actually as a broader thing in the company that we all are ambassadors for the company we're part of. It's not okay as an executive to not be on socials. I don't think it is. I think it's a part of our role to ensure that we help being that ambassador for the company and attracting the talent, ensuring that people know about all the good stuff we do inside. So have to be the role model for your own employees so they can be proud of what you as a company are doing. No, I love that. And it was actually Dr. Kirsten Ferguson who said, people are looking to leaders to see what they stand for. And if they see nothing, that says a lot. And that's what we've got to be wary of. You want to bake that in as part of your DNA, that you are curious, you're participating, you're collaborative, you are immersed in industry. And who wouldn't want to be part of a team like that, that was connected and involved and, and sharing ideas and learning from one another? So I'm, I mean, you're preaching to the converted over here, Kim. Yeah, no, I, I would just say that, of course, social in one part of it, but I think all executives know how important communication is. For me, this is just a platform where you can access people and that's the community you're part of. That's the customer base. That's the ecosystem you're part of. That's also your own employees in a very different way and a, in, a, in a less corporate way, to be honest. It can be more personal, as we discussed about before. 
And I think if you look especially at talent nowadays, the purpose and who they work for and the values and all these things, it's just becoming such a critical part of them choosing you as an employer instead of another company. So I think it's it's a very important differentiator in a market when you want to act, attract the right talent. Completely agree. And so, Kim, the question that I'm sure people are sitting there thinking is, this sounds great for Kim. How does he make time? How does he do all this stuff? And, and as you were saying before, don't outsource it. You do it yourself. Don't outsource it to, to ChatGPT either. It's still got to be your voice. It's still got to be your activities. How do you make time? What are kind of some of your own rhythms or tips for using social media that other executives can learn from? Yeah, no, it's important to be transparent. I get help from our comms team now, um, but it's important that I'm still behind it. So I'm still a part of it. Uh, I don't need to do everything myself, but I, I need to be a part of it. It needs to be Kim that the audience, they can see and hear when they, when they, when they, when they, when they engage with me on social. So therefore I'm deeply engaged into every post that is done on LinkedIn. And as, as I say to my own executives, it's not an option to not do it because I'm afraid you can't access the right talent. I'm afraid you can't sell enough products. I'm afraid you can't engage deeply enough into partnership and ecosystem. And also, to be honest, I really feel it's a part of telling the story and um, communication have always been a very important part of, of being a leader. I think potentially it's also about stopping some of the traditional things and then move more to that more, how can you say, it's it's a different kind of engagement that is a little bit more direct, a little bit less corporate, but have some of that ability to to engage deeper with uh, with your audience and I think and be more personal. And I think that's probably what what I believe is is the future of communication that you're able to do that. Spot on. And and I love this journey that you've gone on in terms of the curiosity that that fired you up at the start and, and sparked that interest to your connectivity and forming relationships with people. But I think a really important message that I heard through that too, Kim, is this idea of some competitive. This is actually something that will differentiate organizations in the future. It already is, but it certainly will in the future. And it's not good enough to be disconnected in that sense. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and the merits behind this idea of leading as a team. It's such an important conversation to have. And I, and I know that the experience and the little moments of your journey that you shared today will be hugely encouraging for comms folk and other leaders in industry. So thank you for that. If people have questions and encouragements from today's show, what's the best way for them to reach you? No, I, I always react uh, when, when people engage directly with me and, and uh, they can comment on some of the posts on LinkedIn and then we can keep the dialogue going. Kim Anderson, thank you so much for being part of the Your Digital Reputation podcast. Thank you, Ron. Thanks again for listening. If you've learned something from today's conversation, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with others. For all show notes, head to propelgroup.com.au. Thanks again for listening.